You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Welcome in to just another sports podcast here on the Sports Objective Broadcasting and Podcasting Network. I am joined, as always, by my co-host from a cattle farm in Northern Virginia, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Stevie Fly. Northern Virginia, good Lord. I, you move me further away every every week. From Alaska, North Carolina, the head coach of Northeast Academy, cattle Mr. Stevie farm. Fly. What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing uh, well as I can. And we are doing a cattle farm in Northern Virginia. Where did you come up with that? The other night, man, that when we had a uh, Ted Pardee on with Jack Pardee was, uh, oh, yeah, 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 I figured yeah. you'd get the reference right away. Yeah, I got you now. I'm a little slow. Today. I'm going to go back and do it again. You're going to die laughing. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and we, we are joined tonight by a friend of uh, the sports objective over the years, uh, played for Pat Dye. Uh, was on that Independence Bowl championship team, played with guys like Tony Collins, and set a record at Appala- against Appalachian State back in 79 that we're going to talk about tonight that a lot of people are going to find hard to believe. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Captain Bunk, Mr. Terry Gallagher. Terry, how you doing, man? Thank you. I appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, it's been a while, but... Uh, yeah, 40- it's been a while. Well, Dave and Bub, you notice Dave and Bub weren't here. They didn't want to come on with you anymore, so I had to get Steve. Yeah. I had to get Stevie to come on. No, I'm just messing. We do this every, every, every Wednesday night. Me and Stevie have started this just to, you know, because we just, I, I just can't, I got to do a podcast every night. I just every single night or I, I'm just not happy. Um, and Bubba's got to produce one every night or he's not happy. And Stevie too. Stevie's got a, Stevie's got his own podcast and network and it won't enough. He had to join ours too. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to, I, I couldn't stand it. Yeah. We're just, we're just sick. Um, so, so Terry, we're going, we're going, start off we've talked about this before with you over the years but we're going to talk about it again for new listeners people who may not know the story talk about how you got to east carolina being recruited to come here by pat die and how you ended up from uh from a small town in georgia to the big city of greenville north carolina yeah i grew up in an air force town it's uh warner robbins georgia and it's uh Right in the middle of Georgia, it's just below Macon, but uh, it was an Air Force town, so we weren't your typical South Georgia town. However, uh, Pat Dye was uh, coaching at Alabama, and he recruited Middle Georgia for Alabama. Well, his roommate at University of Georgia when he played football there was a guy named Frank Orville, and and Frank had been a uh, head coach in the city that I grew up in. He was at Warner Robins High School. I played at a new high school for back then, and it was called Northside of Warner Robins. However, um, Coach Dye got the job at ECU in the, uh, I guess it was just after the 73 season in January of 74. And when he did, he was still coaching Alabama through the Orange Bowl. And he had his friend Frank, Coach Orgel, uh, come on up and, and take over for him, basically. Well, Coach Orgel, uh, Pat told him, uh, said, Coach, you, you recruit your way up <laughs> from, from down there. And uh, you go up there and get things going. And so Coach Orgel brought uh, recruited. Uh, several of us from middle Georgia uh, up there. And I became Coach Dye's first weekend of recruits at ECU. Now, this was incredible because I'd been told by University of Georgia, Auburn, all these different schools, I was too little. I wasn't tough enough. I had no business playing college football. So I was not expecting to uh, be recruited for football. So when this opportunity came and I got to come up to Greenville and I went to my first pig picking, 
And I went downtown for the first time in Greenville. <laughs> and you saw the ladies? And I realized it was 70% female. Yep. <laughs> then uh, I went back to Georgia, and on that uh, following Tuesday, Coach Dye was down there, and uh, I signed a scholarship to come play at ECU, which I had no clue. I had never heard of. Had nothing. But uh, I got here. I was on scout team the first year. I didn't. I came here as a running back, and uh, I found out early that uh, people up here in college, you know, Division One college football, are fast. <laughs> Everybody's fast. I was fast, but so are the defensive ends. And uh, so it, it was a it was a transition my first year, and I played scout team. Well, I moved split in in the spring of '75. And uh, we started the year, this was uh, 47 years ago, today, getting to this story. Oh, wow. Uh, we opened with NC State, and we lost 26-3. to 3. So we were 0-1. Okay, the next week we go to Appalachian. Well, Appalachian, Coach Dye's first year in 74, he went 7-4. and four. And that was primarily with Sonny Randall's players, I guess you'd say. That was when we had the wild dog defense. Yep. Uh, Danny Kepley, Butch Strauderman, uh, Jim Bowling. You go on. We had Bobby Meyer. Had some great players. Danny Kepley, Captain Crunch, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, that's that's who I had to block in practice. You know? <laughs> it made you better. You, well, it made me want to quit. It, a lot of <laughs> but uh, so so we lost the state. Following week, we go to play Appalachian up there, and it's September thirteenth when we played them. Uh, well, the previous year Appalachian State had beat ECU. Now, Coach Dye had come up with this great, and this is a Coach Dye story. He came up with this great idea. Well, we'll run a lap around both practice fields before every practice to remind us of the loss at Appalachian State, right? So we did that in 75 spring, and we're doing it through August and early uh, September of 75. Well, we go up there and we lose. (laughs) (laughs) Coach Dye later said that was the dumbest thing (laughs) ever came up with was a run a lap for a loss. But uh, uh, on that day, Appalachian State had this, uh, I forget the head coach's name, but they ran the uh, wishbone also. And their fullback wound up with about 300 yards rushing. And uh, our defensive front was not able to stop them. And we had this defensive line coach. And in the middle of the third quarter, Coach Dice told that guy, I heard him on the headphone. He said, get your ass out of the press box. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> did he really fire him? He did fire him. Yes, he did. Uh, well, meanwhile, we weren't moving on offense, so finally they decided, well, let's try a pass. <laughs> hey, that's an idea. We, may, we ought, we ought yeah. to try that this week. Oh, pass. Oh, and yeah. The first one they threw to me was a 78-yard touchdown. Because basically nobody covered me. <laughs> it was a post route, and then we faked the triple option and just throw it out there. And so I ran down the field. Okay. Well, we come back, and then we didn't try it again. And this time, I think it was a 60 something yard touchdown. And so uh, we got closer in the score and all. And so they said, well, that's working. Let's try it one more time. <laughs> and they threw me a third one, and it was a 59-yard touchdown. So altogether, I had three targets, as people like to say today. I had three catches, and I had 218 yards. Uh, and three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Yeah. Three touchdowns. And, and that's the NCAA record for 39 years? 72.7 yard average. And the, the record was the average yards per catch in a single game. Yep. And, uh, but like I said, we lost the game. So when, you know, nobody made a big deal about it back then. 
and we're pre-digital, so I don't know that it's actually on on uh, anybody Film. Yeah. on the video or anything. But uh, you know, and so we lost. We were owing too. So after that, we played William and Mary at home the following week, and uh, we beat them twenty-one to three. Well, I had th- uh, two touchdowns. Uh, I caught two, three passes. Had two touchdowns. So in my first six catches at ECU, I had five touchdowns. Well, wow. uh, we won the following week, so we're two and two. The third, the fifth week, we played Richmond at home. Now, in the seventies, you didn't lose at home. We did not lose games at home after seventy-one. I think it was. Well, we got beat by Richmond, and so we became, we were two and three, and people were putting uh, for sale signs in Coach Dye's yard. They were ready to fire him. We we played Citadel the following week down there, and Frank, uh, I mean uh, Bobby Ross was their head coach, Frank Beamer their defense coordinator, and Ralph Friesen their offense coordinator. That's pretty good staff. We beat them three to nothing. <laughs> Coach died to, to the day he died. He said that was the hardest hitting football game he ever was a part of. And uh, after that, we finished the year eight and three. We won the last six games. Was, was the UVA game that year? Uh, very. Yeah. Yeah. So we beat Carolina that year, and we beat UVA. Talk about that UVA game, the apples to orange game. <laughs> Well, their coach was Sonny Randall. Who yep, been, who just left here. And he'd always said comparing ECU to this, ACC was like comparing apples to oranges. <laughs> okay, we go up there, we beat them 61 to 10. 61 to 10, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sonny Randall had met with Coach Dow before the game. This is Coach Dow's story. And he said... Uh, uh, right before they left, he said, Coach Dye, we'll, we'll try to uh, take it easy on you guys today, okay? <laughs> Coach Dye said, okay. Yeah. Well, it was 49 to something at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, hey. yeah, we, we started the next year. We beat NC State early, uh, I think, second game. We beat Southern Miss first game, NC State the second, and we won six straight that year. So between 75 and 76, we had a 12-game winning streak. Nice. And and that's not necessarily recognized because they go by the Peach Bowl year, which everything goes by the Peach Bowl year. Right. They had digital. So. (laughs) Uh, Well, we got got your Independence Bowl. It's on YouTube. And – so yeah. it, it, it is. There, there, you, if you want to see some Terry Gallagher film, that the team that won the Independence Bowl, you, you can you can actually watch that on YouTube. The uh, the uh, the seventy uh, seventy eight Independence Bowl, yeah. So uh, so anyway, uh, you know that game at uh, Appalachian State changed I, obviously my career. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to be able. To, you know that was my first year starting. I wound up starting four years, team captain in 78, played 44 out of 45 games. I missed one game uh, due to injury. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't change anything or how things went for me at ECU. Uh, but, it, you know, it does, It does. as I've gotten older, it, it's, it's a bit of an issue when they talk about Hall of Fame, greatness, stuff like that. Well, I, I, I had every, I did everything I could do at that time to be the best receiver at ECU I could be. And I left there. When I left, I, I was. Uh, I was the, uh, in 75, I was in the, I was seventh in the nation in receiving touchdowns. And we were Division One until they, the NCAA actually divided the uh, the way it was between one FCS, A and one double A. FCS, yeah, one double one division one division, 
And that's why we left the Southern, Southern Conference. So when people say we didn't play Division One football, that's not true. Uh, in my years, we, we were one and two against Carolina. You know, we beat them in 75, lost 12 to 10 in 76, and 14 to 10 in 78. Uh, we were two and two against NC State. Uh, we were we one and zero against Duke. Uh, we lost to South Carolina nineteen to sixteen in seventy seven. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't feel like we were the best ever, obviously. But what we did was take what was done before us and move it forward. And, and then what you expect for the next years to do is take what you did and move it forward. And, and that's the way I see the way our history should be looked at with ECU. Instead of focusing on, well, this was the greatest era. Not necessarily. Uh, again, you really don't know how things, unless you can put yourself back in that period, you don't know exactly how it was. Uh, we only played 11 game schedules, but we were 34 and 11 from 75 to 78. Uh, that's pretty salty. Um, Gary, if you will talk about some of your teammates, I'm going to name a couple guys that uh, the listeners would probably like to hear you talk about. We're going to start off with former East Carolina head coach Ruffin McNeil. What was Ruffin like back in his playing days, and uh, how were you guys close at all? He was skinnier. <laughs> <laughs> He was a strong safety. Yeah. And that meant we had to actually go against each other in practice when we did one-on-one receivers against DBs. Yep. So that was interesting. But, uh, oh, you know, Ruffin was a, uh, he was a, co- he was, you know, he was a coach's son. So he, he, he knew the game well. And so he was able to, uh, you know, he made our secondary better. Uh, he came, I think, in 75, I guess. Yeah. Because I, I played with him three, no, 76. I played with him three years. Could, could you tell then that he would be a successful coach? I mean, I, I know that's a, a, kind of a dumb hey, question, but could you know see it? Be, but he definitely had the background for it. And Coach Dye was the type of coach that if you had that as something you wanted to do, he was able to help you. And he was able to teach you. You know, he was a teacher. He, he wasn't an X and O's guy. And he let his coaches coach. But what he was was he knew how to motivate individuals. And so you learn. We learned so much more about life and just – Things in general from Coach Dye as far as, you know, I, I consider Henry Trevathan who taught me the ins and outs of playing receiver, uh, you know. But Coach Dye taught me about being a good citizen, about being a good person, about being what you are off the field, what you are on the field. And, uh, you know, we'd, <laughs> we thought we could beat anybody. <laughs> oh, you just about did. You beat Virginia, yeah, you beat NC State, you beat UNC. Well, another another player I wanted to ask you about, or teammate of yours that uh, went on to have a great career in the NFL, and a guy that I'd love talking to anytime I have the chance to. Stevie, if you've never met Tony Collins in person, oh no, he, I haven't. He is funny as hell. He, he is very. He, you can just sit there and talk to him for you know. He just one. He's a people person, and he, and he comes across as very real. It doesn't come across as fake. And he's hysterical. Was Tony like that as a player? Has he always been that damn funny, Buck? Tony was kind of a shy guy. Really? <laughs> well, he he was the only black family in an all-white community in wow. New York. And he came, comes from small-town New York to East Carolina with a bunch of renegades from the South. And he meets Wayne Bolt. You know, Wayne, Wayne Bolt, longtime defensive coordinator in uh, Division One college football for people that don't know. Worked with Coach Dad Auburn, 
In fact, he was with Chiswick at Auburn when they won the national championship. But uh, lost a lot of weight. Has he has he kept his weight off? He he was offensive guard for us. He was actually an All American one year yeah. uh, from seventy four to seventy seven. Uh, he uh, had gotten up to five fifty. And he wound up, he's now in his, uh, he's probably 235, 240. Great. And he's still with us, which is the main thing. And uh, he lives, in fact, he lives in Auburn on the fourth hole of the Auburn, uh, 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 where the Auburn golf team plays, uh, Auburn golf club. Hey, uh, probably lives near Greg Olson. Yeah. He, uh, Wayne is quite a guy, but when Wayne, first, he first talks to Tony, he said, hey, we got another. I ain't going to say what word he used, but he said. Oh, we know what you mean. Right? <laughs> and, and Tony had no idea. This Here's this redneck South Georgia. <laughs> and so Tony had no clue what was going on. And, uh, but anyway, Tony was not your typical, like I said, South, South uh, you know. Southern boy, yeah. He was, in fact, I think he was going to go to Florida, and somehow he wound up here. That's and, right, he was. And uh, I, I don't know if there was any. Uh, so when did the personality, did the personality come out? Any while he was in college, or did it, did it must have developed when he was in the league? Patriots eleven years. You probably developed the personality. <laughs> yeah, no because yeah, he he is hysterical. He's he's a great dude. Um, yeah. I, love, I love Tony Collins. Got to remember, I I put him in the Hall of Fame. You, you got to remember that. <laughs> I do not. So you 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 introduced in, introduct, and then, inducted uh, him into the Hall of Fame. No, I blocked. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got I got <laughs> We didn't throw the ball. Remember? Yeah, I know. I know. Triple option. You were so a, I, you were a blocking receiver. I took a lot of pride in my downfield blocking, and and uh, I, I feel like I was a great con- t- contributor to the fact that we were second in the country in rushing in uh, 1977, I think. Uh-huh. And uh, Eddie Hicks, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yep, I put him there. Uh, Leander, he wasn't throwing me the ball, but I, I put him there. <laughs> Uh, we we got to get Terry Gallagher with, with, with the receiving record and everything. We got to get Terry into the East Carolina Hall of Fame with all his exactly. Now, they don't they don't want me in because I'm not I'm, I don't have digital. There's no nothing that you can see about it. Well, we got the Independence Bowl. How did you do in the Independence Bowl? Oh yeah, I caught three passes for 33 yards and was the leading receiver. Well, there you go. <laughs> but you're a leading receiver. But uh, one of my catches was the one off of Tony that he got knocked out, and I caught the ball <laughs> on the two-yard line. And then another, at the second reception, we were on the goal line. It was third and long, and I made a catch uh, uh, out route and made a diving catch on the sideline for a first down. So a lot of my catches were not necessarily touchdowns, but they moved the chains. They were big plays. And, and well, that you know, when you're on the goal line, if you can make two first downs on offense and then punt the ball forty yards, that's a sixty yard exchange. Yeah. So so you know, and that's again, those things Coach Dye taught us was uh, field position and uh, how to win games as far as playing field position against. And so his thing was defense first, uh, special teams. Then offense, and what the offense is supposed to do is not turn the ball over. Make oh. first, just make first down. Don't turn it over, and then let your kicking game and defense win the game. Yeah, and and, and it sounds somewhat similar to Mike Houston's philosophy. Not that Mike don't want to score points. It is. But. It's very similar to what he he's trying to do. And we got to remember, we're in a whole different atmosphere today. Yeah, yeah. it is. If if you don't truly understand uh, transfer portal NIL, uh, the inability to maintain a team for an extended period of years, mm-hmm. see we were built around the concept of uh, unity, team unity, 
but we were also together. Let me ask you a question in regards to that um, and, and just give your opinion on it. Um, and it doesn't have to be Mike Houston. It could be any coach. But um, I, I, Mike Houston coached at Lenore Ryan for three years. He coached at the Citadel for two years and James Madison for three years. Right. He ain't never been in a year five anywhere. Do, 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 do you think that could be affecting him on terms of how to maintain a roster and, 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 and so forth? You, you, you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, but, but again, it, it's such a changing uh, situation. With NIL and a portal. Yeah. Not just, yeah, nobody's been in this situation like it is now. And uh, if you look at our roster, you know, we've got like 50-something new players. Yeah, I know. And a lot of them are since spring. Yeah. So when when you when you start looking at uh I I don't even I don't even look at our roster now until the start of August. But you don't know who it's gonna be. Yeah, no the transfer portal NIL is out of control. It's such changing it, it's such a fast changing world with all that. And and I'll tell you directly why we lost the the fifth year players. We lost the free safety to UCF. The Money. To Oregon. To Money. Yeah. Yep. No doubt about it. NIL. Yep. I know. And was that? And and I can't blame. You know, I can't say to the player, "Well, you're just not loyal." You know, because for one thing, these are graduate transfers. These are guys because of the COVID year. We now have six-year players. Right. Some seven-year players. And and that's going to eventually pass. But the ability so to be able to develop a player like we used to be, that's how we built great teams was by developing young players to play when they got older. Well, you develop them now, and they go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, look, you you want to you want to get better. You want to get better. Then. You better start contributing to whatever this NIL thing is. The Boneyard, the Boneyard Collective. Uh, you, 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 see, I don't even know. They know I'm a retired teacher, so they're not asking me for Terry, money. You, you, Terry, <laughs> well, let me, let, let me tell you. Look, I got great news for you, Terry and, 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 and Stevie and all our listeners. You can join the Boneyard Collective for as little as $10 a month. You you can't that you you can't even you can't even buy a, a value meal at McDonald's anymore for ten dollars. Yeah. No, you're right about that. But you still look. I need that ten dollars to pay for parking when I get up there. I, I hook you up with a parking pass. I got three of them. Oh, oh, thank you. You hooked me up. <laughs> I got three of them. I hook you up with a parking pass. That's the whole deal with this thing. It's it's not like look. I give. I pay. I'm member of the Pirate Club, the Letter Winners Club. I give money. And but I'm not able to give. I'm not able to give big dollars, you know. And uh, it's not because I don't look. I did give big dollars for my daughter to graduate from there. Yeah, and and, and, and that's and and, I, and and that's the thing. I think a lot of people. I think that's a a, a lot of people think. And I'm not saying you think this way, Terry, but a lot of people think that. Well, if I can't give a lot, then what's the point? Well, if everybody. Would give a little, it would equal a lot. Right. So, so I, you know, I wish everybody contribute what you can. Everybody, and then that's, I'm not talking to you, Terry. I'm talking to to everybody out there listening. Contribute. Calling what you me can. out. Do what now? You're calling me out. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I, I, anybody I, out there listening, give you, what you can. I am crushed. You have hurt. I hurt well. You, you, uh, Terry, one thing I know about you, you will bounce back. Thanks, yeah. sir. Yeah, right. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. You, you, you've been taken down by much worse than me. Um, Lord, absolutely. And, and you, uh, talking, 
Go ahead. Talking about you, talking about your 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 teammates from back then. I'm a uh, a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Have been since I was old enough to know what football was. And Zach Valentine, talk a little. How was how was Zach Valentine? Uh, he played in the. He was a most valuable defensive player in the Independence Bowl in '78. Right. Right. He was uh, a member of the Steelers in '79 and won a Super Bowl ring. Sure did. So he went from uh, Independence Bowl to Super Bowl. <laughs> Ask him which one means the most. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was like the uh, you know behind that steel curtain which he, he was, played defensive end yes yeah, he did yeah but you know I know I was yep. introduced to, to him as far as uh, the seventy nine seventy nine highlight film as a special teams ace is what they called him then but yeah you know I've always been a Steelers fan and to find out. That Zach Valentine, you know, and I was I was like what seven years old. Found out he was an ECU guy. I was like, oh yeah, that's great. I love anytime I see a ECU guy at Pittsburgh, it's great. But to see him get a Super Bowl too was great. But I was just wondering how, what kind of teammate Zach he, Valentine was. Zach was a very quiet guy he's from Edenton, North Carolina, and uh, after he he uh, left professional football, he became a high school coach in New Jer- in New Jersey. And uh, he still lives in New Jersey, and he's just retired from high school coaching. Okay. Uh, great guy. And he, he, him, uh, Eddie Hicks, and me were team captains in 78. Okay. He, he did. He, out, he outdid me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you now you you now as, as we we start wrapping this portion up, I got some rapid fire stuff for you, Terry. Um, well, I was, you, you know, I played at, at Ottawa for three. You know where I was going? Four weeks, I think. Four weeks, <laughs> four weeks in Ottawa in the CFA. You got injured, right? No, no, I got. I went to practice. And my locker was empty. <laughs> oh, you well, I was trying to give you an out. There you go. Oh, I was playing great. <laughs> he got injured and just tra- his career was tragically ended. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it was just a cup of coffee for Ottawa. I was I was about well to ask you how long. I knew it wasn't long, but uh, so he had a cup of co- a cup of coffee in the CFL. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you, you know, we talked about you playing it out. Um, what was it like at that time? You guys bust up the boon back then. Four twenty one went four lane. How long did it take you at the time? Do you remember to, to bus from Greenville to Boone? It's about four hours now. I bet it was about six about hours 10, back then. Ten hours. <laughs> <laughs> Look here, my parent, my mother came up to the game from Middle Georgia. Oh God! And it was closer. Yeah, it was closer for them to drive from Middle Georgia to Boone than it was for us to go from. ECU to boot. Yeah, I could. Well, the roads have changed even in my lifespan from the 90s to now. I can remember it being five and a half hours as hard as you could go back in the 90s to get to Boone. Now, where I live, I live near Goldsboro, North Carolina, and I can leave my house and be in, 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 in Boone. And if I catch traffic right in three hours and 50 minutes, we've done it many times. Try, try riding on a charter bus. On two-lane mountain roads. Back then, yeah. And that, were, were they even all paved? We were too scared to play. <laughs> did you guys – how many times did you play it out when you were here? We Okay, we lost to them in 75. We played them the next three years. We played them, you know, once – we played them the next year at home. Then we went back in 77 and played them. Then we played them in 78. We beat them uh, – yeah, beat them all those years. three years. Now in '76, we actually uh, played them on Thanksgiving night in da- in in Ficklin Stadium, and uh, it was on ABC Regional TV. Uh, that was for the uh, Southern Conference Championship. Well, were they your, were they y'all? Who would you say was the biggest rival in the SoCon back then? I mean, Herman, Herman was Herman. good. Okay. Yep. And uh, and unfortunately, we let William and Mary beat us in '78. I mean '77. 
and the, we were getting ready to be invited to the Peach Bowl. Wow. And they beat us at the end of the year. And that's when, that's when the old ECU coach who been drinking on the sideline the whole game it made the tackle on the William and Mary quarterback in the end zone. <laughs> wow. You never see stuff like that anymore, unfortunately. I swear. I, I mean, I am 100% positive. You could look it up. It happened. <laughs> yeah, there was another There was another game where a fan tackled a, a Southern Miss player in the 80s. I mean, it's, it's happened funny. a couple. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sure happened did. a couple of times. Sign him up. Yep. Oh, he got hurt. They had to cart him off. <laughs> the, who? The, the, the coach, player? Coach. coach. Oh, the coach. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not a smart move. No. He had a Pepsi can. <laughs> he kept carrying around with him. A Pepsi can full of, full of liquor? It was a Pepsi can. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, Terry, have you have you got any have you got anything else you you want to you want to uh, apart to the pirate nation any any words of knowledge to leave them with? I'm telling you, hang in there because look, we're pirates. Uh, we we have to, uh, you know, we've always had to overcome. We've never we've never and, and unfortunately we we want to eat steak on a hamburger budget, and and you can't do that. But you can get the most out of that hamburger that you can, and and uh, you know take our victories and and they're gonna come. And just because we're zero and three after next week, oh, what you already predicting zero and three? No, I'm not. But what I'm saying is, if we are, we're still zero and zero in the conference. Sure. Yeah. And and uh, I mean, look. We're not playing for the national championship. Um, that's that's a fixed deal. The fix is in, and we're not in it. Yeah, uh, that's not going to happen right now. Because no matter what we do, we keep falling farther and farther away from the whatever the it's going to turn out with the way you know conferences are going. Yeah. So let's let's be the best we can be at what we are. And, uh, and, and, you know, you can bitch and complain and you can, you know, uh, watch a game once a week and, and tell everybody how to coach. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to be miserable. Yeah. So I'm going to look for the best. And I'm going to look at what we got and, uh, and how we're improving regardless. And I think we'll, I think we'll, we'll get better. And because, like I said, our defense is good. Our kicking game, it's not, I don't think, totally solid. But I think we got some, you know, I think we're good. And and so we just got to let our offense uh, work it out, get worked out. And the uh, way you do that is give the ball to people that want to run with it or people that want to catch it. Or people that want to throw it. Well, you can throw it all you want. I want people to want to pass it. <laughs> There's a difference between throwing and passing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but what I'm saying is uh, try to stay positive. Because uh, we're ECU. And, uh, you know, actually, as Leo would say, we're East Carolina University. We'll, never, right. we'll never be ECU Greenville. Or UNC Greenville. ECU Greenville. That's what they tried to make us. And uh, he said, nope. We're East Carolina University. So, uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Terry. We'll we'll, we'll have you on probably... uh, Next on, year, uh, the pirate. No, we'll probably have you on the pirate playback uh, one of these weeks before too long, and uh, we'll wait for a win. We'll wait for a win to have you on the pirate Hello. playback. Okay, and, uh, and, and and look back at the game. Maybe, maybe, hopefully, to be sure. But you never know. Gardner Webb in a couple of weeks, though. That's let's, bad. Let's get through this week. Yeah. Yeah. See All right, Terry. Thank you for coming on with us, and I, uh, and, and Steve, I appreciate enjoy, it. enjoy the game Saturday. Yeah. And uh, I, I really do. I appreciate y'all. You do a great job.
job and do a whole lot for East, East Carolina University. Yes, sir. Thank you, Terry. And we appreciate your contributions to ECU and to the podcast over the years. Oh, it was just my job. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Terry. Have a good one. Bye. Well, Stevie, uh, that was was Terry Gallagher. And Terry kind of tells it how it is. Yeah, uh, definitely. Doesn't doesn't sugarcoat it, that's for sure. No, it does not miss words. And uh, we're going to talk a little East Carolina Appalachian State for 2023 right now. Hey, one thing that I, I've thought about this week a little bit with this ball game, and you know, offense is going to be what it's going to be. But one thing I do like, we do have a lot of speed on defense. I think we have yeah. a fast defense, and I think we can run sideline to sideline. Now, Appalachian State likes to run a lot of a lot of stretch plays with their running back. Uh, Nate Noel's a hell of a running back. Um, they like to go wide with him and then kind of beat you over the top. I I think we're going to be able to defend them sideline to sideline against that run a lot better than we did in twenty one. The question is, do we have the discipline in the back end to not get beat over the top? That is a that's a good question right there, but because that's what's been worrying me. You know, looking at at some of the stats that they, you know, of course, you, you saw what they did against Carolina, double yep. overtime loss. That that was very a very very winnable game for Appalachian State, um, but putting up the numbers they are and and just comparison numbers with us. And granted, we played Michigan that first game. So that kind of, you know, you kind of, it kind of is what it is with that. But just looking at the numbers, our our defense is going to have to come up, especially in the secondary. Secondary is going to have to come up big with some of these, these plays that Appalachian state likes to do. Like you said, be disciplined. Um, But yeah, it's going to be interesting when, when ECU heads down to app state. Yeah, and offensively, you know, um, we they've had trouble against the run. Uh, we want to run the football. Um, you know, we, we show we can do the quarterback run, but we need to get our running backs involved this week. We got to get the running game going. I got a feeling App's going to stack the box, stack the box against. Us. I, would. That's what I would. I mean, do. it'd be crazy not to. Yeah. So in Houston, Houston kind of alluded to that. He said in his press conference, he said we're gonna we're going to play offensively. Uh, it'll be dictated by what the defense shows us. And uh, it'll be interesting to see this week what we do, how much Mason Garcia we see, how much um, Flynn we see. Uh, do we see – I think we're going to see them both. And I hope it's by design. I hope it's some situation where one's struggling and we have to put the other one in. I'd really like to see us do it by design um, and come up with some creative ways to use Garcia. And, uh, and who knows, maybe – you know, maybe Garcia goes out there and does what he does in practice in a game and lights it up. You you never know. He could he could have that breakout performance. You know, if he would, I got a feeling if he would hit one big pass and play downfield, just just one. If he could just hit one over the top for a touchdown, it, it would probably loosen him up so much. Yeah, you know, whoever's in a quarterback is going to have to to be the one if we're gonna if we're gonna beat Appalachian State, they're gonna have to make a play somewhere. And I'm not just talking about running, I'm talking about with the arm. You know, Mason, you look at his stats, 21 completions and only three for more than nine yards. Yeah. Uh, 142 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. But here's the thing, you know, Appalachian State, I mean, just like you said, their defense coordinator has got to come out there and say it after watching us the first two weeks, and say, you know, if you're going to beat me, I'm going to make you beat me with your arm. You know, yeah. you're not going to beat me running the ball. I'm going to, like you said, put eight in the box and uh, see where it goes. So, if it's all going to depend on what whoever is in at that quarterback position does. And we need a big play. I'm like you. I, I don't know. The other night, it looked like they were trying to get him a little bit comfortable. Just throw, throw some – Start off throwing some short passes and then let it. I don't know if that works with Mason or not because they they were trying to short passes. Yeah, and, and just you want to try to get the quarterback comfortable, get him in a rhythm, throw those short passes and then work your way to it. But it never. It, it I don't. I don't know if he did just didn't get comfortable or if, like you said the happy feet. Uh, he never tried to go downfield, and we've got to have somebody that can can try to go downfield and open up. 
you know, make the defenses respect it a little bit more so things things will happen for the offense. And we can't go do, have all these three and outs either. We've got to move the ball down the field, get some first downs. That first half, I think we had four first downs in the first half against Marshall. Hey, we were lucky to be tied at halftime. Yeah, you look exactly. at that game. You look at that game a couple of different ways. It's, it's really strange that we were in a position early fourth quarter to put it away. And it was really strange it was even tied. We I'm surprised they weren't up ten nothing and a half. And yeah. it was strange the way it got away from us. It was a weird football game. Um, it was. Uh, you know, I had a I had a friend of mine ask me tonight and uh one of well, one of the assistant coaches at practice said, What in the heck happened? Because when I turned the radio off, it was thirteen ten to ECU in the fourth quarter, and then I turned it back on. And they lost 31-13. It was just a weird game. Like you said, uh, I mean, give up 21 points in, in a span of eight minutes. And, uh, you know, you, you just – just a lot, a lot to work on for ECU. Uh, you yeah, know, one thing I will say about this Appalachian State game, I, I, I got a feeling, and I, and I don't know why, but I, I got a feeling we're going to play well this weekend. Uh, maybe it's just wishful thinking. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell everybody well, this. Go ahead, Steve. No, and I would say, well, it's, it's you know, I, I hope I, I think a lot of people feel that same way you do. That they're, they're, they're uh, whether it's wishful thinking or not, but you got to stay like just just like uh, Mr. Terry said, you got to stay positive about it. You got to you, you know, as upset as everybody was after that game Saturday night, uh, you know, give it a day or so. You got to just like you said, we're not competing for the national championship. We start conference play what a couple weeks, yeah. So. Uh, let let's work on this stuff and get it straight before the conference schedule starts. Yeah, and and, and you know we weird things happen in a football game. The best team, yeah. the better the better team don't always win. You know, there sometimes you have turnovers, sometimes you block a punt. Uh, you never know. They've already had one quarterback get hurt. I am not implying that I want their their, their quarterback to get hurt, but you never know in a right. football game what can happen. So I, I would you know just just see what happens Saturday in Boone. I you know I I gave my my prediction on the score last night on the pirate preview. Uh, I said uh, thirty eight. I believe it was thirty eight twenty four was my predicted score that we'd have a much better showing offensively, but wouldn't have enough firepower to 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 beat out and wouldn't get enough stops. Um, that's my predicted score thirty eight twenty four. With that said, and it's a tough pill to swallow. If that happens, that is definitely something to build off of to go get our first win the following week against Gardner Webb. Yeah, yeah. If we get if you know. 24 points, and if the offense looks good, you know, just like you said, too, if Mason will just have a big play where he throws down the field, you, yep. know, you saw you saw how confident he got. Uh, with the could, run after he hit the, the one big run. With the run, big yeah. run, the big yeah. run, and then he comes back and rolls with a rollout and hit and makes a good pass in the end zone for the touchdown. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, that, I thought that might be the turning point, but – you know, unfortunately, whether whether it was a weather delay or the half, whatever, you know, in this second half, third quarter, he came out and he played a good third quarter. But, you know, it just it just wasn't those. We just didn't make like convert the third downs like we needed to sometimes. And I look back at that that third down right before the, the missed field goal. If we come out and do and show them put something on them that they hadn't seen all night maybe a misdirection play or something yeah. like that and get the first down. I think that it would have been a different ball game. Yeah, I do too. Even if we just made the field goal there and yeah. it had been 16, 10, um, you know, who knows Marshall starts pressing at that point. Let's say it plays out the same way. They run a trick play and go up by one at that point. Then all we need is field goal to win it. And maybe, you know, Mason's yep. not panicking, et cetera. But anyway, we'll see what happens this Saturday in Boone. Uh, we, we, we always promise the top five, and you know everybody's just looking forward to it every week. Oh, yeah. I, I tried to do something a little different this week, Stevie, so I talked to you, and we are going to do our top five favorite tailgate or football food, depending on when you're going to call it. Um, so I got, I'm got i going to start off here at number five. I got a tie, and this is specifically, <laughs> this is specifically for Daddy Ficklin Stadium because I always get one of these two things at Daddy Ficklin. I always either get a Chick-fil-A sandwich, so a chicken sandwich, or a bratwurst. So at number five, I have a tie. Bratwurst or a chicken sandwich. You may argue chicken sandwich and a football food. Well, when I eat it at a football game, it's a damn football food. So that's right. Number five, I have a bratwurst and chicken sandwich for a tie. All right. So you know we're we're gonna count. I kind of did my list like if you have like a Super Bowl party or a watch party too. Okay. Uh, 
buffalo chicken dip. Uh, I, 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 at, a one. at a Super Bowl party, I about ate half half a bowl of, of buffalo chicken dip or whoever made it. I can't remember who made it, but uh, I pigged out on that, and I paid for it too. But uh, it was good. It was good. <laughs> buffalo chicken dip. That's a good one. Number four, I got the classic Eastern North Carolina barbecue. Uh, when you, uh, you know, be it, it's on the tailgate lots, you, you smell the whole hogs cooking, or maybe you go to Smithfield's and pick you up, um, some barbecue and fried chicken to watch the game at home. Uh, number four, and it's got to be on your list if you're from Eastern North Carolina. Oh, yeah. I got Eastern North Carolina barbecue as my number four. Yeah. And, uh, great minds think alike. That was my number four as well. Anything barbecue, whether it's the pig, uh, a good pig picking, yeah. Good pigs lie down the grill in the parking lot, or like you said, Parker's. That's uh, awesome. And number three is this more when you're going to eat at the house in the lines of a Super Bowl party or just watching the game at home. Uh, it's actually a tradition for me. I, I get two things. The other one is going to be later on in this list. But the first Thursday night of every college football season, I get this item and another item, and that would be pizza. To me, pizza is, is a great football food when you're sitting around at home watching the games on TV. Uh, so pizza would be my number three. Uh, my number three is a good old fashioned juicy cheeseburger. Give me a cheeseburger. I can eat it. And, uh, you know, and I don't, I don't know. It's not as traditional as some of these things are, but you can see them on the tailgate a lot, a lot. Oh, cheeseburgers, man. I could eat them all day. You throw me a good cheeseburger. I, yeah. my wife used to get on me about going to, all these different uh, restaurants, and, and I'm looking. I said, I think I'm gonna have a cheeseburger at a steakhouse. So, uh, yeah, but cheeseburger is one of my favorite things. And, but anyway, number three for me is cheeseburger. Yeah, cheeseburgers are hard to beat. I don't eat as much beef as I used to, but a good cheeseburger uh, is tough to beat. Number two for me, it's one of my favorite foods. Period. It, it, it's a football food. It, it, it's a it's a it's a whenever damn time I can have this food, I'll eat it. <laughs> um, ribs. I love ribs. Um, Memphis style, St. Louis style, uh, spare ribs, baby back ribs, beef ribs. Um, I absolutely love ribs. So ribs would be my number two and almost yeah. for my number one. Yeah. My number two is a good old fashioned, uh, sausage dog or a hot dog, but the sausage dog put some mustard on it. Oh gosh. Yeah. I could eat. I love yeah. some of them. Probably not the best thing for me, but it's good. It's good for me while do you, it lasts. Do you like the country length sausage? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I, that's, that's probably my uh, – that bratwurst, one of the two would be my favorite sausage. And, you know, if I'm going to be true to my Eastern North Carolina roots, i got to say some country link sausage. Yeah, country uh, link sausage. Number one, with a bullet. And, uh, you know, I, you know, if you ask me, is it my favorite food? I would probably put ribs over this. But for football, and this is my Thursday night tradition for the first Thursday night of college football season along with the pizza – comes the wings so number one for me and to me the best football food is wings buffalo wings honey barbecue wings teriyaki wings however whatever sauce you like however you want to do it and number one to me with a bullet for football is wings and you read my mind as well chicken wings for me gosh i, I we used to have a local place in a hosky it was called quick triggers had the it was a brewery and you ate there too, but they had the best chicken wings you'll ever eat. And that place closed down after COVID. I'm looking for a good wing place now because I love some wings. No, no, uh, no good w- w- anywhere in uh, Roanoke Rapids, and it comes to mind. Yeah, yeah there's n- really no nowhere. You know, you've got your Logans and stuff like that, but right, you know, nothing, nothing that that has hit me like what Quick Triggers did. Was it just what traditional is, buffalo wing, or did they? I mean, they had a little bit of everything. You had traditional, you, and they had different rubs and stuff they put on it. But oh man, I, I don't know what they did to it. But it, it tastes a lot different than any other wing I'd had. Really good. Yeah, love wings. Uh, you can't beat them. And, that was uh, that, my number one as well. Yeah, and that's it. And that's the list. That's, that was a lot, uh, a lot easier to do and get through than some of these other top fives. Bubba, Bubba's saying you're going to catch some some heck for putting pizza over Eastern North Carolina barbecue. Well, you know what, I I I, I do get that, Bubba, but it's it's my personal favorite. I I, I eat Eastern North Carolina barbecue, but I, I'm not a big tailgater, you know that. So I, 
I, I do a lot more pizza at home for football games. Um, but I, I, you know, far as which one is my true favorite food, uh, barbecue, I just don't associate it. I, I like barbecue better than pizza. I just don't yeah. associate barbecue with football as much as other people do because I'm not a big tailgater. Yeah. So. I, 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 we have, you know, like our fire departments get ready to do a barbecue supper. I think, uh, the weekend after next, so we'll be. Uh, I usually look forward to that. Well, your part of Eastern North Carolina is Big Brunswick stew territory. Yeah, they do. They do stew and uh, and barbecue. But I'll tell you this, and I'll probably catch heck for this. I am not a Brunswick stew guy. I'm Are sorry. you serious? I'm, oh I my god! Sorry as I can be. I, I look, love Brunswick at an early age when because uh, it used to be. We used to have. And, a and big, let me tell you like, something for, for those that don't know. And Steve, you, you might not even realize this, um, even though you're there. Brothers Stew's all over the South. I mean, it's not oh, unique yeah. to you. But Northeastern North Carolina, in particularly, Brunswick Stew is extremely popular. Like, oh, yeah. I would say more popular than the rest of the state. Yeah, it's, it's definitely popular because there's, there's people that will say, you know, that are so picky about it. Say, I don't eat their Brunswick Stew, uh, you know, stuff like that. But I, a mile of my family eats it. I just cannot do it. I don't know what it is. Early age, I guess I had a a, a bad experience with it, and I did. I I've never never had the taste for it after that. I love it, and I what I don't like is when people make it too 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 tomatoey based, where it almost right. becomes like a vegetable soup. I want to throw that at somebody, but when it's got a little bit of that vinegar zing to it, you got your pork and your chicken mixed in there with your butter beans and your tomatoes and your corn. Man, it's delicious to me. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw another one out at you as we start to wrap this up. Do you know what chicken mole is? Chicken mole. You don't know what chicken mole is? Okay. No. All right. Well, we'll we'll that we'll save that what, one for another what day. What is that now? Have you never you've never had chicken mole? It is very regionalized. Um, it's very popular in Martin County, where I'm originally from, the Williamson area, where Dave lives. Though Dave's never had it, he knows what it is. He's never had it because he grew up in the country. Um, yeah, a chicken mole is a chicken stew. It's a very simple dish. It is a chicken stew. You you pull a whole chicken. You pull it from the bone. Uh, you, you cook it t- traditionally with a uh, red pepper flake, salt, pepper. Uh, people throw a boiled egg in there. Um, other things to spice it up. And then towards the end, you put several sleeves of saltine crackers in there and let them get soft. Oh, okay. So it's a very simple dish, but got a lot of flavor. So it was something my dad used to make: rockfish something. Oh, fish stew. Yeah. Uh, you talking about fish stew? You take uh, you take rock. You take uh, that striped bass. For people that don't know. Yeah. And uh, and you cook it. And uh, some people will put some will put some canned salmon in there with it. And uh, you you put your boiled eggs, your taters, and all that. Did you like it or didn't like it? I didn't. I could get past the smell. <laughs> okay. Because he when he cooked it, he cooked it one day, and I probably was probably sixteen, seventeen. And I walked in the house and I said, what in the heck is that? <laughs> but yeah, I do. I couldn't do it, but I could, I'm the kind, I can't, I can't get, you know, I can eat a lot of different stuff, but if I can't get past the smell, I'm not. I, 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 I can never do chitlins. I, I, I smell oh, chitlins yeah. being cooked and I know what they are. They're hog intestines and they literally yeah. smell like what they are. They literally smell of feces when yeah, they're cooking. I'm, I'm I'm right there with you on that. I have to uh, deal with that a lot uh, at work. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine. I couldn't. Uh, not a fan of them. Um, I do like a lot of southern foods. Probably a little deeper than a. Uh, you know, I, I'll I'll uh, I'll do rutabagas and cabbage and collards and neck bone and all you that. Ever kind do of oxtails? Stuff. I. You know, I've never had oxtails. I know they're becoming more and more popular. Um, <laughs> They but, are uh, extremely popular in my area. I'll tell you that they've become more and more popular everywhere. But no, I've never had them. Um, I, yeah. I would eat them. So I just never had them. So. Yeah, I've, I've never ate them. I just can't. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. It's it's just the tail of the cow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's all it is. But yeah, I just, no, that doesn't bother me. It's just something that I hadn't ever really put, been put in front of me either. So. Gotcha. No, I. Uh, yeah, they're popular, uh, and like I said, growing more and more popular. Um, but anyway, we've got off on a tangent here talking about food. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is food, food talk with Stephen and Kyle. <laughs> so what? As long as we don't talk about uh, with, uh, the sweaty balls. 
Oh yeah, would you yeah. would you like would you like to try my delicious balls? <laughs> Bubba's saying nothing like a cool fall day or night with Brunswick stew and hush puppies at the tailgate. Hush puppies. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Some hush puppies. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Bubba, there's a barbecue place out Bubba's way. It's a Lexington style barbecue place, I believe. Bubba, correct me if I'm wrong. That does Brunswick stew and grilled cheese. Bubba, what's the name of that place? I'm waiting for Bubba. Okay, he's going. I, I I know I didn't make this up. He told me about it. Brunswick stew and grilled cheese. I, I know he told me. Did not make so, this he up. Said, he said several do that. Okay, well nobody does it down east. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you go ask for a grilled cheese sandwich at Bees or Parker's. They're going to throw something at you. <laughs> so. But anyway, well, Stevie, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's another weekend in, in the. Well, you, is, there, is there any of the games we need to we need to look at? What what are the big games this week? I, 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 well, I hadn't even looked at the big games this week. Carolina, who's playing? Somebody playing? State's playing VMI. Well, that's not big. Yeah. Uh, the Florida three. State, Boston College. Uh, so that's not a big one. I know. I know who they're playing. Um, Penn State's playing Illinois. Tennessee at Florida. North Carolina, Minnesota, um, Georgia, yeah. South Carolina. Yeah, that'll be a blowout so Alabama, far. Alabama, do you, you you think kind of the luster's gone from uh, from Alabama now? Who are they playing? They're playing uh, USF. Oh, without they'll blow out USF. No, um, I'm just saying. Do you think it's kind of like? It, it depends. It's going to depend on how they how they play the rest of the year. Uh, if the if the uh, Alabama l- appeal luster, they're larger than life. I, I do think that a little bit of the uh, a-, a little bit of the shine is gone, but yeah. I- I'm not sure. You know, the same with Clemson. You know, what, what is uh, what what oh, are yeah. they going to be? We we still yeah. don't know what quite. Hey, how about this? Nobody's talked about Miami yet. Miami beat Texas. Miami playing good after yeah. that Texas A&M upset. Yeah, I mean that Miami Florida State game could uh could actually mean something again this year. Could actually be like the Miami Florida State game yeah. of the late eighties, early nineties. Um, there is also rumors coming out, and I and I'm just saying rumors and speculation that this could be Nick Saban's last year. That he was say he was telling people, and the family is telling people that he he's planning on retiring after this season. Wow, I had not heard that. Um. You know, I'd be curious to know who Alabama would hire at that point. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I'd want the that's a, let that's me a rephrase this. There. Yeah, exactly. Let me rephrase this. Obviously it's Alabama's a high paying job, it's a great job, but it is a tough act to follow. And he's got a lot of disciples that are head coaches now. Um, so it would be interesting to see if he does retire, uh what path they would take. Um, would he have any suggestions? Would they listen to him? I don't know. You know, I'm sure they would. You would sure. think, but at the same time, once he's gone, he's gone. So the you know the AD and the, the, they can take the suggestions all they want, but the AD and and the people that are there are the ones who got to deal with it. So, uh, but yeah. you're right; he probably have some input. But it'll be interesting to see another week, week th- week three of the college football season. It'll be fun watching the games. I think the Thursday night games this week are uh, Memphis and Navy. So you got a little American Athletic Conference action, and there's another one. There's two Thursday night games this week, but I know Memphis and Navy out of the American. I'm trying um, to see if there's any what I can find up here, but I don't see it. I don't see the schedule up here for it. So okay, well that's all right. We uh, we'll, we'll do that. Tune in Thursday night uh, to the Inside Slant to get the uh, full preview of the National College Football Scale. Is Rusty still in the Navy? Uh, very good question. Rusty is still in the Navy, Bubba. And uh, he will be he will be playing hard uh, for the uh, for the midshipmen. Stevie for uh, for a hundred dollars. What movie is that from? Oh gosh, is Rusty still in the? I'll, I'll do it in the voice. Is Rusty still oh, in the yeah. Navy? Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation. There you go. You win a hundred dollars. Bubba paid the man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I was thinking like, vacation when I, whenever you hear Rusty, you got to yeah. take vacation somewhere. So, I, yeah, very good, Bob. Or, or very good, Stevie. I'm surprised you got that. Actually, uh, it's not like one of the. It's, that's a line me and Bubba do, and most people don't get it. It's not one of the most famous <laughs> lines from the movie. So I know you're. I know you're a pretty big pop culture guy. So good on yeah, you, Yes, sir. Yes, one. sir. I've, uh, I've, I probably know more than I need to know. I'm a master of useless information. 
Well, you know what? And at some point, uh, once football season's over, if we're still doing this, we'll probably get into a lot of wrestling talk. Speaking of useless oh, yeah. information, so. All right, Stevie, have you got anything else? Nope. Uh, of course, we uh, play Friday this Friday night a rematch of our earlier our earlier lot. The only loss we have against Community Christian will be at home this week in the big uh, Northeast Academy field in Alaska, North Carolina. So, so uh, North, Northeast Academy against Community, Community Christian. Christian. Where are they out of? They're out of Wilson. Out of Wilson. Out of Wilson. Okay. So, yeah, I, so I, I'm uh, not very your, familiar with them. Go ahead and get your parking passes and, uh, you know, maybe I can get up the last. Maybe I can work out a spot in my backyard for, for a, a decent price. Hey, if you, if I could get people park, you know, parking spots in my backyard, you could walk. It's like a two minute walk to the, to the football field. So, wow. The, now, does, is out there. Do you, how, what kind of, do y'all draw well? Yeah, we draw well. We draw well. We we travel really well too. Believe it or not, most of the times uh, in years well, I past, can see that it's a small private school, so it's probably yeah. a very tight knit. Uh, in years past, when we would go like to the Raleigh schools, we'd always have more uh, more people there, more fans there than uh, the Raleigh schools would have at home games. Yeah, well, it so, makes sense. So, like I said, tight knit community, small school, and yep. uh, well, what else is there to do in Lasker on a Friday night? Hey. Don't ask that question, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Where do y'all go? Do, y- do y'all go to Runner Rapids when y'all want to when y'all want to do something? I mean, is that the uh, you either go to you either go to Runner Rapids or you go the other way. You go to Ohoski. You know, Ohoski's uh, Ohoski's got some things to do, and, and we Muffinsboro has got some some restaurants over there that we go to, and, and you you have some live music every once in a while there. And then, of course, you uh, you, you you maybe do you ever venture into Virginia? Not as much as we used to. We used to go, you know, to uh, Chesapeake some, uh, but we we don't really go to Virginia as much as we used to. It's usually we stick close to home. Uh, I mean, of course, now we go to Williamson some. Uh, with we've got a place at, at the campground down there, so we're down there some as well. Green Acres, yes, sir. Green Acres is the place to be. Do you know Dave, Dave has a place? Did you know? <laughs> yes, I do. I- Okay, all right. Did you and Dave hang out together at the campground? I have. We have not yet because we we just recently, probably in the last, oh, I'd say, month and a half, two months, got got the spot down there. My my wife's family camped there for years. I mean, even before she was born, and uh, up until about two thousand seven. There's there's way too many weird ties to Williamson on this podcast. You know, I grew up in <laughs> Williamson. Dave lives in Williamson. Yeah, you got a campground. Uh, you got a camper. You got a camper in Williamston. Uh, the 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 uh, we got one of our most loyal listeners, Johnny Gardner, is from is originally from the Jamesville area, or at least that's where all his family's from. So there, there's way too many weird Martin County ties on this podcast. So, yeah. Just, but anyway, all right, Stephen. Well, uh, if you ain't got nothing else, that's it. Um, tune in. That's um, it for me, bud. Yeah, tune in Thursday night. Uh, we'll have the inside slant as we take a look at all the big games in college football this week, and we'll have different people on from from uh, various schools and institutions uh, discussing such games. So uh, that'll be tomorrow night, the inside slant. So for Stevie Fly, I am Kyle Barber, and you have been listening to just another sports podcast here on the Sports Objective Podcasting Network. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates. See ya.